Welcome to Friends in Prison. I'm Claire Aronson, and I have 29 friends in prison. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. I want you just to jump on this train with me. I'm, I'm going to take you for a little ride. We're going to talk about whether or not people can change. And the reason that we're talking about this clearly is because I have so many pen pals in prison, and so I am highly motivated to find out if there is a way that people can change their behavior and not go back to prison. Several of my friends, I haven't asked all of them, but some of them have volunteered the information that this is not their first time in prison. And so I want to know what is it about the prison experience? Because to me, I go, oh my goodness, the prison experience should be rock bottom. That should be enough to turn your life around and make you change your ways. But it's not. So what things besides hitting rock bottom? I mean, are, are we supposed to make it worse? Or is there something that we can do to help people change their habits and change their lives? So I'm looking at my own life, and uh, sometimes I think people just need to grow up. I started driving in 1996, and I got 10 or more speeding tickets between 1996 and the year 2000. And then for some reason, I just got my very last speeding ticket in 2000. What was it that changed? It wasn't that speeding ticket. It wasn't a particularly big fine. There wasn't, I, I didn't have trouble paying it. There's no reason that I would have said to myself, I have to slow down. I just stopped speeding and stopped getting tickets. So maybe I think I just grew up and I just went, this is not worth it. But there there have been times when something good happens. So, for instance, I used to keep my room real messy. There would be piles of stuff on the floor, piles of clothes, piles of papers, piles of whatever, you know. And um, about a year, maybe more ago, I got new floors in the bedroom. So first thing, we cleared everything out. And as I put everything back, it had a purpose. It was purposefully going in this spot. So it was getting organized. And... As I was putting things back, because we had spent so much on the floor, I decided that I wanted to make my room beautiful. So I had this hodgepodge of furniture, and I painted it all black instead of having one and you know chest of drawers in walnut and one bedside table in cherry and my hope chest in something else and a bookshelf that was kind of black maybe. Everything was freshly painted in black, so it matched. I made a headboard for the bed. I bought a new duvet cover. I even bought three throw pillows. It's fabulous. And now I take pride in the way that the bedroom looks. It's beautiful. It's as I envisioned it. And because I had taken everything out, they even did the closet. So even the closet got reorganized. Everything came out of it, and things only went back into it with a purposeful thought behind where they would go. And all this year, it stayed clean. Nobody had to yell at me. Nobody had to, you know, threaten me. It's just this change. Now, I don't know, is it a permanent change? It's been more than a year, so I think so. I want to talk to you for a second about my friend Marie, and I know she's going to listen to the podcast later. So I'm sorry if this isn't exactly the way that you wanted me to word this, but but I don't think she'll mind. The truth is that Marie used to be like me and be a bit sloppy, you know. Marie and I, we we have our thoughts on, on other things. So, for instance, she would have breakfast, put the breakfast dishes in the sink, and then let's all go to the park, you know. Um, 
Let's go out, get our, our errands done. We're going to go shopping. We're going to go do this. We're going to read a book together. We're going to go, you know, volunteer. I mean, there's all these things. We can do the dishes later. And she would. I'm not saying that uh, there was, this is exactly the way that I live. So obviously, I don't think there's anything terrible about it. But she didn't make her bed and she didn't vacuum every day. And in her mid-30s, she got married to a wonderful man who does take a lot of pride in having a very neat house. So if she leaves the breakfast dishes in the sink and he comes home from a long day at work, he's going to do her dishes. And she doesn't want to put that on him. She's a stay-at-home mom now, and he's doing so much for her. The very least she can do, instead of cleaning her dishes in the afternoon or in the evening, she cleans her dishes right after she uses them. She makes her bed. The house is vacuumed. So not only does he have, kind of does he inspire her, but he also supports her because if she doesn't make the bed, he doesn't complain about it. He just makes the bed. If she doesn't vacuum, he doesn't say anything about it. He just vacuums. So he is there as inspiration and as support. So my question is, how can we translate that into someone's life who is being released from prison? We don't have to give them rock bottom, but how can we give them inspiration and support? And, you know, speaking of Marie, there was another story that she had told me. She used to live next to this guy named Ben, and it was a, a scary experience. I can only imagine. Uh, he had shown up after getting into a fight, and he had some injuries and some blood on his shirt, and he had no idea how that had happened. And she was like, look, you need to change who you spend your time with, who you associate with. And he was like, well, it doesn't matter. Everybody's like this. It doesn't matter who you associate with. This happens to everybody. And she was like, no, never, never have I had blood on my shirt and not known where that blood came from. So maybe it's um, a question of, I don't want to say education, but you know, letting people know, even if this is the way that you grew up, that you were always around people who were similar, who were getting into trouble. No, not everybody is like that. You know, some people are just doing the breakfast dishes and going out to the park. So it is possible to find people that you relate to, that you enjoy, that you would be friends with, and yet not have any type of criminal activity, you know? And, and, some people do find that route. Some people do. How do we help everyone find that route? Well, I've introduced you in the past to my friend Daniel. Um, maybe you remember he has a typewriter. That's my favorite thing. I don't want to say that's my favorite thing about him. I'm sorry, Daniel, if you're listening to this someday. Um, it is one of my favorite things about him because it's different. It is his very own typewriter. And I, I just love getting my typewritten letters from him. They're funny and interesting and down to earth. Daniel, I 100% believe, is going to be released from prison and is never, ever, ever going to go back. So what are the things that make me believe that? He has family support. He has skills that make him employable. He is intelligent and personable. So I think that he can get along with a lot of different kinds of people. And he's funny and he's interesting. So I think, I don't know, that just kind of makes me think that, that he has grown up. You know, um, I also know I'll tell you the reason that he's in prison is for personal drug use. And 
I know that he got out and he suffered a setback and he started using again. And I don't know. I understand that something like that could happen again in the future, but I hope since he's had this experience, knowing, hey, you can easily go back to prison. Maybe that's enough. Maybe just the fact that he's been to prison more than once, you know, that in your mind, you don't think, well, that was a fluke. I'll avoid it this time. I don't know. Um, I'm definitely open to suggestions of how we can make sure that as people are released, they are ready for the world to embrace them and to accept them and to be contributing members of society. All right, all right, all right. So I know why you're really here. You want to hear Daniel's letters. This first one, let me make sure I've got them in the correct order, is from February. I do not have them in the right order. February 11th. 2021. Claire, hey CB, that's me, I'm Claire Bear. I'm doing okay, I guess. I've been about to go stir crazy as we are still on lockdown. They have now finished the security lockdown, but we are on the freaking COVID lockdown again, and it seems we're going to stay that way. We have had two weeks this year so far that we were not locked down. Not a good track record so far. I try not to dwell on it much, though, because it really ticks me off knowing that this can be fixed by making the guards get the shot, but they won't. Anyway, it was good to hear from you. I always enjoy your letters. How's that whole dieting thing go? Did I tell you about my fast? Okay, so I decided that I was going to fast soups, chips, breads, and all pasta noodles and so forth. Well, we don't have all that much that we can choose from at the commissary that is not that stuff. I was doing a 21-day fast. I think I made it 15 days before giving up. I was just freaking hungry, and it was not going well. I think I tried to do too much at once. I think it would be a lot easier if you were doing it with someone like you are, though. I don't like red wine either. It is nasty to me. But hey, I think right about now, I would drink the cheap box stuff. <laughs> okay, so I'll take a, just a 10-second break to tell you that I started a nutrition challenge not a diet, Daniel. And I have a team of three other ladies who are on the Mediterranean diet with me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess the fun part of the Mediterranean diet is that you get to drink red wine. And so the first night or second night of the challenge, I sat down with my glass of wine and I was like, this is supposed to be the fun part and gave up on the red wine part of that Mediterranean diet. So, <clears throat> uh, then he goes on to say, I like the bathroom. I sent pictures of how I had remodeled my bathroom. Remodeled, mm, I repainted and I cleaned it up. <laughs> uh, I like the bathroom and I agree that it looks better in gray. Do you have any idea what I would do for a long, hot bath right now? I'm a guy. And most of the time, I don't have the time for things like that. But once in a while, it is nice to just soak in a tub. I miss little things like that. How's your ankle? Sounds like you gave that ankle hell over the years. I broke both my ankles within a year's time, and I hated it because I couldn't get up and do what I wanted. The first time I broke my ankle was kind of a stupid thing. Um, this sounds bad even putting it on paper, but I accidentally jumped off a bridge. <laughs> okay, so I was drunk. I was riding in a car with my sister and had a warrant out for me. So when I see this cop turn around, I thought he was going to stop us. I told my sister that when she stopped at this next light, I was going to jump out before the cop could catch us, and then I was going to walk off. Well, she didn't get the memo, I guess, because I had my door open, and she turned instead of stopping. She was crossing I-27, and I fell out. 
When I stopped rolling, I jumped up and hopped over the concrete barrier thingy and thought. I was right at the edge of the bridge. I was just going to hop over and hide under the bridge. Well, as you know, I was not close to the edge of the bridge at all. I, uh, I jumped, I jumped smooth off the dang bridge. It was 15 feet, nine inches. I was in cowboy boots and busted my, pretty good. The next day I couldn't get my boot off because I ended up falling asleep with them on that night. And yeah, broken. Oh, I might add that the cop was not even coming for us. Talk about your dumbest criminal moments. I have a lot of those. This is why I don't drink anymore. I was out this last time. I realized the idea of drinking was way more appealing than actually drinking. I'm not saying that I won't have a beer once in a while, but I mean, going out to drink like I used to do a lot? Nah, I'm good. That never ends well. See, I'm going to look at this right here as an example of Daniel telling me that he has grown up, of him just saying, look... Maybe it took not one of these these experiences, but several of these experiences to teach me that it's not worth it. All right, so back to Daniel. I have never been skiing. I lived in Red River, New Mexico, so close to the ski lift that it looked like it was going over our house. I wish I had done a lot of things back when I was younger, but I have broken a lot of bones in my day, and it's best that I didn't because I'm starting to feel all them bones now. I think that's because I'm getting old. Hey, did you ever get to look at the Rite of Prisoner and see if I'm on there again? I've been waiting for like four months now, and I keep writing to them, and they won't even respond. It makes me wonder if due to COVID, they're not doing things, or what? Mom tracked the money order, and it was cashed, so I'm at a loss. They even have my picture that I sent, so I really hope that things are moving slow and not lost. Oh, (laughs) I rode around in one of those scooter things in Walmart when I broke my ankle. And yes, they are slow. Mine died and I had to use crutches to get back up front too. So maybe I should have been riding. I shouldn't have been riding around so much. I told him um, a little break in the letter for one second sidebar. Um, I mentioned that I had hurt my ankle. I just kind of rolled it a little bit. And so I was on crutches for about two weeks and uh, I went to Walmart excited, hey, I'm going to get to use one of these scooters, and they were all out. And then I went to a different place a couple of days later, I think a Bass Pro Shop, and they were all being charged. All the batteries were dead. But finally, I did get to use a scooter around Walmart. I went super early in the morning because I wanted to avoid crowds. And the nice thing about that was that no one had taken the scooter out, and all of the batteries were freshly charged. So, where am I? My mom, this is back to Daniel's letter, my mom still hasn't gotten her second shot and she's so worried now because her friend got his second shot and then he had a stroke the next day. Now mom's convinced it was due to the freaking shot. I tried to talk to her about it, but I'm worried that she will become even more stubborn now. I don't get it. I hope that you are doing better with your parents to get the shots. I feel like I'm dealing with a child sometimes. Don't tell her I said that. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Daniel's mom, do not tune in to this particular podcast. It's... uh. Nothing personal, but, you know, sometimes we talk about you. Don't get me wrong. I love mom so much, but she can be very stubborn. It's like when I try to get my son to do things when he was little and he didn't want to, he would dig his heels in and yell, no, and I can't even spank mom. So how old is Cassie again? She was like, what, 14? I can't give too much advice on this one. I, sidebar, told him about my daughter, Cassie. She's my oldest, and she's actually 15. 
she has this habit of carrying way too much stuff in her backpack. I mean, she's got a hundred markers. She has a journal and three books and trading cards. And I just don't know how to instill in her. Like her backpack is literally falling apart. It is breaking. And we are buying her new backpacks and we are fixing them. We are reinforcing them. And we've talked about here is the checklist. You can bring things that you need for school, but yet, you know, it still keeps happening. So Daniel says about that, <laughs> my son would carry all sorts of stupid stuff with him in his backpack as well. It was like he packed for travel every time he went to school. I didn't understand that either. I really can't say much about the whole situation. My son ended up okay, though. He still carries all sorts of stuff in his car. Maybe she's getting to the point that she feels like she's growing up or something. Mm, I don't know. Kudos on the stationery. I um, So I'm going to give you a little sidebar. I actually just drew a picture of a son, and then I wrote a little joke, told him that I had made my own stationery. So he says, shh, don't call it that, because they will suddenly decide you can't draw on the paper either. TDC has gotten, is that the Texas Department of Corrections? Has gotten kind of out of control with a few things because of the dang K2 crap going on in here. It's kind of funny in a way, though, because they always swore that people were bringing in stuff through visits. And we have not had visits in a year now. And guess what? We're still having the same issue. If you ask me, that points at their own bringing it in, and they just don't want to admit it. Kind of like they said we were passing COVID around, and yet they have tested inmates twice a month now for three months. And guess what? No inmates have it. Then we keep going on lockdown because a guard has it. There is a simple solution to all of this. Oh, oh, wait, that's above their pay grade. Sorry, sorry to sound a little bit cynical. Oh, Spock dog is having seizures. That's crazy. I've never heard of dogs having seizures. Oh, that would scare me. My dogs are so, my dogs are much bigger and I think I might freak out if they laid over flopping. That makes me sad thinking about pearls and shit. I do miss my dog. Well, that is the end of your letter. I hope that all is well with you. Thank you for writing to me. I have not gotten much mail in the last few weeks, and it seems like every time we're on lockdown, I only hear from you. So I really appreciate your letters. Thank you for being there for me. You have a huge heart. Can you believe it's been over a year since you sent me that first message? Time is flying by. Write me again soon and take time out for yourself today. Smile, your friend, Daniel. So I actually wrote back to Daniel addressing the things in his letter. And after I sent the letter, realized, oh my goodness, Texas is all over the news because of the super cold weather, power outages, problems with water and all kinds of different things. So I sent another letter just saying, how could I do that? How could I write to you and not say, how's the weather? Which has to be like one of the most typical pen pal questions that anyone asks. And I skipped it at a time like this. Um, now, I don't think that he got that letter before he started writing this one where he talks about the polar vortex. So this letter from Daniel came on February 20th, 2021. And he says, Claire, hey, CB, how are you? I'm doing okay, I guess. I'm just sitting here in my cage and thought I would write you a quick letter. I have one here from you that I got about a week ago, but that was before the ice age started and no mail was running or anything. We're finally thawing out. It's beautiful outside today. It's like 60 degrees. It's hard to believe that there was so much ice on the ground that there's still some thick spots of snow, even as warm as it is. 
My mom was kind of freaking out because of the weather. She didn't have any water for a few days and the power kept going out, but at least the water is back on and the pipes didn't burst. How's y'all's weather been over there? I was very envious the other day when I seen low 70s over in Florida. I hope that this is the last time we have to deal with a polar vortex. I've never even heard of that before. It was scary because of the times that we're in. I'm starting to think that I need to get out and become a doomsday prepper. Like for real though, you can't tell me that an underground bunker is such a bad idea with the way the world is heading. You never know when we could go into civil war. Riots could break out any minute for almost nothing. So by the way, a little bit of a subject change. Daniel says, when I was transferred, I just remembered your address. I write to you quite a bit and have a good memory, but I also keep my addresses in my Bible. Yours was not in there at that time. I usually have all emergency addresses in there, and generally, you can carry that with you in Texas. We're allowed to carry one bag of property. When you figure in that everything that you carry has to fit in that bag, it's like a big red onion bag. That's what kind of bag it is. I carry my Bible, writing material, but of course no typer, hygiene, radio, hot pot, nightlight, etc. With state prisons, they usually forward your mail to you. I guess the BOP doesn't do that for them. Yes, you can always look people up on the website, though, and you can usually use, like, core links is what I think it's called, and that usually tells you where they are, too, kind of like JPay for the states. If we put an ad on the website and then we move, we have to write and change the address, and yes, during that time, it's just pretty much no good. My ad on Write a Prisoner must have just been put up, and I paid for it in, like, October. I got JPays from people that I have no way of writing back because they didn't put their return address in it. I thought that Write a Prisoner put a notice at the bottom of the page that if they didn't put an address on the JPays, we couldn't respond, but I may have been mistaken and done that myself. Either way, the first two hits I got, I cannot respond to. Kind of sucks. So... How is your ankle doing? You haven't been getting hurt anymore, have you? How's mom? I hope that everyone there is doing good. Have you made any progress with Cassie? I think it was Cassie you were talking about, right? It wasn't Katie. Did you get to go on the Boy Scouts thing with John? The first 17 days of this month on lockdown again. We spent, sorry, we spent the first 17 days of this month on lockdown again. I'm glad to be off and able to just go out into the day room just to watch TV. I'm really looking forward to going back to work this next week. I need some time with my PC. I miss it. Oh, and mom went to have her surgery on her mouth and only got half of it done. So now I'm worried that she won't follow through because she knows it hurts. I mean, like, yeah. Anyway, I know she hasn't gotten her second shot, but everything got postponed for a week here. I mean everything. The state was not prepared for this, and Biden didn't help matters much. Well, my celly is back from the law library, and he is about to come in, so I'm going to finish up for now and get this in the mail. Hope you are well, and I look forward to hearing from you again. Smile, your friend Daniel. All right, I know that we are just about out of time. And that's my cell phone going off. Things are blowing up around here. All right, but I have one more letter that I wanted to share with you from Daniel I wonder if I should save that. All right, I'll save it. I'll save it for next time. I just want to say, I think you can see it. You can hear it, right? That Daniel is personable and intelligent and just seems like the kind of person who's going to do really well integrating back into society. So I'm looking for all of your advice, whether it is, you know, just a crazy new idea or something that's been researched that's worked in different states or in different countries, different kinds of programs, 
anything that we can do to welcome someone out of prison and just let them know, you know, they did their time and they never, ever have to do time again. So thanks for listening. Subscribe. Tell everybody about the podcast. And as always, find your own friends in prison.